Hello and welcome to the final Cheltenham preview from Hit The Post. If you're new, then thanks for tuning in. And if you're coming back, we hope it's been a worthwhile six to seven hours of your time. And hopefully we found you a couple of winners. Today, myself and Harry are joined by Jake Russell from Two From Home. How are you doing, Jake? Yeah, very good, thank you, lads. How are you? Yeah, we're we're absolutely grand. Can't wait to get stuck into more handicaps, especially oh, yeah. Harry. Uh, today we're looking at the hurdles, handicap hurdles, and uh, we'll, lob a, we'll lob a graded race in there. We'll look at the champion bumper for Harry. Uh, you love your handicaps, Harry. Why don't you get us started? All right, well, I'll get us started, but in the bumper. Um, yeah, I, I thought that was coming. Yeah, so I'm just going to put the handicaps off for as long as possible. So um, I'm going to waffle on about the bumper for a while. So off you it go. seems as if the class horses have a fairly good record in the race. And Kilcrut and Sir Gerhard deserve to be at the top of the bet and what they've achieved. The form they've got is probably a long way above the others, and it looks like it could be a match race. Uh, Kilcrut was wildly impressive to the eye at Dublin Racing Festival, but it did look as if he was the beneficiary of a burn-up out in front. Some people are crabbing him on, on account of that, saying that they'll downgrade the form, which, to be honest, I think is fair. But what you've got to take into the account into account is he's pretty much the only horse in the race that wasn't stopping could have won by half the track if Patrick met him um he was far superior to his rivals that day and I think he'll at least confirm the form of Ramillies and let's be clear about it who were considered his main rivals that day um what you've got to take into account though is Kilcrutz from before the Dublin Racing Festival um it was pretty much the complete opposite of the bumper at Leopardstown they they seriously crawled along and it turned into a real two three furlong dash and again he won as he liked on the bridle so he has shown versatility with regards to the race's pace um he looks a lovely horse but um yeah you've got to be somewhat worried about the, the last day um so Gerhard looks a nice horse as well, but you could argue his first start under rules at Down Royale, he didn't beat a whole bunch. Next time out, he did beat Let's Be Clear About It by just under five lengths. So Let's Be Clear About It does link the form, but well, obviously in very different circumstances. I wouldn't be concerned about the ground for either Kilcrut or Sigerhard. They They both have fairly good actions and their pedigree suggests they should act on all types of ground um fast or slow it doesn't really matter i think it's most likely between the two and my slight preferences for Kilcrut. i think the market on the day will come for zeg Erhard, given chiefly park have had two winners in the race in recent years i think the last three years they had Boylan and fernie hollow so i think the market will come for them and obviously Recently, people have been quick to write off Kilcrut because of how the race played out last time. I think he could drift on the day. Um, but yeah, like I said, his first start was completely different. He still won imp- impressively. The one, if you were looking to take the pair on each way, I'd be interested in at big price. Um, I think you can get about 33s for him. His name's Shearer. Um, he's owned by the McNeil family and he ran in a really good bumper first time out. Uh, last year, or this season last year, uh, he was second to Quid Pro Quo. Had set slowly, just in case. Um, he's related to Gypsy Island, and the front two pulled a fair way clear that day. It did look a good race at the time, and four individual winners and a whole host of places have come from that and better races subsequently as well. So the form is strong. Um, the next time Shearer ran, he won a Warwick bumper, and there's been a fair few nice winners of that race. Most recently, with third time lucky um did actually get a line from the mcneil family they told me the intention is to run here and he has been in really good form at home so they are hopefully can run a big race so for me he's an intended runner he's going well at home solid form in the book he could be one each way at the prices Sweet. Wow. okay nice nice that's the bumper waffle case. over <laughs> yeah i like i like it um to me i mean i i've got a question for you actually i'll, I'll get it out the way for you Oh, for um, me. So, yeah, well, both of you. I'll, I'll open it up. I just know that you wanted me to return some trivia. Yeah, go on. <clears throat> so, I think that Willie Mullins is going to win it this year. Yeah. But my question to you is, how many times has he won it already, and what was special about his 1996 winner? Oh. Uh, I think he's won it um, eight times. His 96 winner. Oh, God. What do you mean, what was special about it? In what sense? Well, it was different to all of his other winners. 
as he won it seven times and his 96 winners are the only one that because i've got a stat here that his last six winners have all been double figures is there something to do with that oh maybe yeah. a, a short price favor or somewhere but I mean, I'll be a bit amazed if you get the 1996 one because I didn't even know until I looked at it. <laughs> My original question was just how many times has he won it? And then I stumbled across this, which I thought was quite interesting. Right. So I think he has won it um, eight times. That's yeah. my guess. Say eight. Uh, what was special about the win? Was it the first one of the season or something like that? I'm trying to remember who it was. I think it was um uh what what year was it again what, what do you mean trying to remember who it was i'm trying to you, remember the specific horse you, you weren't alive in 1996 <laughs> I, but, I'd, but i'd like to think i've got a fair knowledge of of his big cheltenham winners all right what, well i've i've forgotten the name oh it, it's something like wither or witch oh wither or witch yeah um didn't he run off no prep i'm pretty sure he just went straight there like quavega did to the um, I mean, he might have done, but that's not the answer I'm looking for. I'll, I'll put you out of your misery. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> so he's trained ten winners of the bumper, and in 1996 Ooh. he rode in the race as a jockey. No way. As well as train, as well as training it, he rode in the race. Oh, I should have got that. Quite remarkable, that. Yeah, that's a good question, that. Yeah, then. but um, my, my thoughts on the bumper. Yeah, go on. <laughs> I, I've just got it as a match race between Sigurhard and Kilcrook. Kilcrook, yeah. um, he slaughtered the field last time out, didn't he? He was very visually impressive. He got everyone talking about him, and then two days later, the hype sort of died down when everyone realised the pace completely collapsed. Sigurhard has been on everybody's radar for this for a while. Like Harry said, the owners have had the winners of the last two renewals. There's probably going to be a bit of money for him on the day. One that I'd give a mention to uh, each way, Free Stripe Life. Uh, I think that Jamie Codd and Davy Russell, I mean, I might be wrong with those two names. I think Jamie Codd definitely said if he wanted to ride in the bumper, he would be riding Free Stripe Life. He's been a shrewd pick for a couple of uh, the judges on Twitter. And Gavin Lynch in up in the ante. <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah, he's got very quick sectional times on his last start, everyone's saying. I mean, I'm not one for sectionals myself, but I can see why people would choose to back. The the only other one at a big price I'd mention would be Ramalee's, purely based on the fact that Mullins came out and said after Kilcrut's demolition job that he's surprised Patrick didn't choose to ride him. I think that if the race pans out differently to the Leopardstown race, Ramalee's wouldn't be without a chance at 20-1. to 1. And my last last mention on the bumper is that I think it's a massive shame Eileen Dover isn't coming here because she would be a major player receiving all that weight. Do you think she'd win? Um, I think she'd come top three. Really? See, I don't. Yeah. No, that's, that's fair I, enough. To me, she doesn't look like she wants a massively undulating track. Uh, but, but I believe that the plan is to run her in the Ascot Gold Cup later this year anyway. Yeah, but she's all, not ever going over jumps this year, apparently. No, so also, I've just realised that I haven't written a note, but I've opened it up on my second monitor. Eric Bloodaxe is entered in this race, and I think that he's going to be allowed to take his chance. I think he was actually entered in a bumper in Ireland not so long back, but they've decided not to run and have a, have a crack at the champion bumper, which I actually backed him for last year. And I think that he would have had a chance if... I think he pulled up lame at the Dublin mm. Racing Festival. I think that he would have a chance if he was allowed to run in the what, champion bumper that year. What price is he for this year's? He's actually 33-1. to 1. Mm. Obviously, he's got a lot to prove coming back off a layoff he's only 33 to 1 in one place he's as short as 14s in another i wouldn't put you off him it's going to be a very long layoff but he was a very promising horse last year jake over to you yeah you pretty much hit the nail on the head there lads william mullins always mocked up in this race i said this out earlier he normally has bigger price winners so you look down the field for maybe a big price runner that he's got there's not much to be honest with you I think Kilcrit wins for me. Um, I'd have a little each way shout on LS Bella for Dan Scouting if it goes. Yeah. Won twice. I think it only won by dead heat last time at Cheltenham. Oh, was that the dead heat as well? That was yeah, the yeah. dead heat. Yeah. yeah. So it's run at That was a listed race. So we know it's got Cheltenham form, if you can call it that. So I'd go with that each way. 20 to 1, I think I saw with Paddy Power. 
Um, uh, that's it. That's the only one really. But you two pretty much ne- hit the nail on the head with the with the, yeah. the two runners of William Mullins. I, I don't nice see anything price beating on him. LS Bell. Hey. So, nice price on LS Bell. Yeah, twenty to one. Yeah, so, they always pop up, but they bless them. Yeah, they do, particularly <laughs> the county hurdle. But we'll touch on that later. Uh, final selections, lads. Um, for me, it would be Kilcrack to win and um, uh, a nice bet each way on uh, Shearer. Jake? Yeah, Kilcrack to win and the uh, and uh, LAS Bell, whatever his power is pronounced, for come each way. <laughs> well, I am going to be a bit different, so I'm going to say Sir Gerhard to win. Yeah. And because Mullins loves to win it with anything other than his first string, I'll say Ronalee's <laughs> each way. Nice. Next race, Harry, I believe it's the Coral Cup, and you've got one that you can't wait to tell us about. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I actually do. Uh, the listeners are going to be somewhat surprised. I've actually put a lot of time and effort into this race because I do have quite a good record in this. Makes a but, change from yesterday. Yeah, but firstly, I've got a question for both you boys here. Um, on the Coral Cup, uh, Nicky Henderson trained the Mighty Whisper to win this race in 2004, but which claimer did he have on board? And bonus points for how many... Um, the jockey claimed whisper yeah 2004 oh 2014 my bad i was gonna say he'd be doing well to run in the rsa (laughs) like 12 years later (laughs) yeah 2014 (laughs) nicky had a claimer on who was it and how much did they claim it was um it's gonna be a really nico Nico the point oh yeah yeah Yes, yeah, spot on, Jake. Yeah. I, don't, nice. I wouldn't have a clue how much he was claiming. But... Five. Five, yeah. Yeah, you've got a oh, oh, we're class. Nico oh. de Boinville claimed £5 on Whisper in 2014. It seems like he's been around forever, but. <laughs> That's mad. Yeah. Um, but no, to get to the race, the one I've landed on here and I'm really confident on is Power of Paws. Um, he's had a relatively good season. His, his last two runs have been in li- a listed race and a grade two at uh, the time before. But both these runs were at two miles and I think he was just outsped ultimately. I think the key to him is a bit of a trip. Um, I know Willie has that in mind too as well because that is his only entry at the festival, the Coral Cup. Um, he's on a mark of 140, so he carries 10 stone 11. And last year's winner, Dame de Compagnie, actually carried uh, 10 stone 11 as well. 10 stone 10, sorry, um, power of pause will carry. So Dame de Compagnie parried, uh, carried a pound higher. Um, so he, he's on the right sort of weight for this as well. But you don't have to look too far to find really smart form from power of pause. He actually beat Tory Graf over two and a half miles, which is his trip. And Tory Graf's a really warm order for the Albert Bartlett at the moment. I think he's vying for second favourite. Um, he beat him by a length and the, the two pulled ten lengths clear of the remainder. Uh, that was really good form and it was franked by the runner-up. Um, which prompted Mullins to step up in class with him. Um, but I don't think he's at that level just yet. He was behind Drill Deal and the Devil's Coachman the last twice over two miles, but you could make excuses with regards to the trip like I've addressed. Um, so he's back up in trip here. He's off a nice weight with graded form in the book. That suits me fine. Um, he's 25 to 1 in places, and I think he's been really overlooked in here with the stable having other fancied runners. Um, he'll definitely go well at a big price, and it's fair to say I've um, got on several times this afternoon so i'm surprised that he stayed at the price he is you're still gonna have to do an awful lot more to convince me to get on though (laughs) that's that's fair enough i don't like following tips oh (laughs) (laughs) do you know lads know you know if um what's it called bakerson well i don't know you can answer is he going coral cup or not you know um Uh, i think it is the plan but the plan yeah. He finished sixth in it last year, didn't he? I, I wrote a couple of notes down on it because he seems to be better than ever this year. Mm. I, th- I think he's um, winning chasing hurdles, alternating with every, with every run he goes for. So whether we get, whether we go for this, I'm not sure. But he finished sixth in it last year. Looks better than ever this year. He beat um, the favourite in this already um, over hurdles, I think. His last hurdle run, yeah, he beat him by five, just under five lengths. Uh, but my real pick in this is Kashari for Willie Mullins again. That man is probably going to mop up at the festival, no doubt. He um, he won at Cork and Heavy Going in January 
this year. Finished sixth last time out in the big field handicap, but that was its first time at three miles, which, looking back at it, probably didn't suit at all. I think Willie Mullins was just trying to test the waters with him, maybe, and see what options he's got, but he kind of faded away to finish sixth. So he's back at a trip today, which will suit. Should the ground be bottomless, shall we say, I think he'll I think he'll do well in this. I saw another one as well, which is completely the opposite. If it's better ground, then I saw Enemy Coast ahead, who's very, very low in the weights. He hasn't run since August. And I think yeah. I saw a couple of months ago, Ollie Murphy said, if the ground is good, if it's got decent ground, then they'll take him to this, because he's listed in everything under the sun. A typical handicap horse. Um, 20 to 1 with Paddy Powers, won his last three starts. <clears throat> won all three by 33 lengths. He's had a bit of a layoff since then. He's been running at 2 mile 3, steps up to 2 mile 5. Um, but his last run was at 2 mile 3 furlong at Utoxeter, which he stayed on all the way to the line. So the step up and trip will, will be fine. Very low in the weights. He's rated 129. He'll probably need to improve looking at his form because there are only a couple of egg and spoon races, but you never know. Um, but but Kushari is my main pick, to be honest. Jake, just um, just a quick question on Enemy Coast Ahead. Have you backed him yeah. at all? I have. Only a, a, slide. Only a tiny... Is tiny it non-runner, no bet? I think so, yeah. Well, I you, can't remember. You, you, you won it non-runner, no bet, because I, I was speaking with well the... To get in. I, no, I was speaking to the McNeils earlier. Um, Enemy yeah. Coast Ahead, I actually had him, one of my 10 to followers at the start of the year, and I just oh. asked about him today. He said yeah. that he's well. Um, he's taken time to recover from the injury he had over Christmas. Um, yeah. He's in good form, and he's back in full work but there's no point in rushing him now. So uh, it might be a small red flag. Well, but I yeah, think, yeah. None, nonetheless, he's definitely one for the future. He's a real good mm-hmm. horse. Yeah. yeah. I, I like him, but he's 102 in the list. I can't see him running here. If they run at all, I guess he would go to the Martin Pipe. Mm. Also might be too low for that, though. <laughs> um, there's a couple that I like in here. I haven't delved too deep into the race. I definitely yeah. have no strong opinion. I'm not going to in my colours to the mass just yet but I can already tell you I'm not backing Grandois he went from 20 to 1 to 6 to 1 within 48 hours because of Gavin Lynch oh so, that man again on principle I'm not touching Grandois 6 to 1 for Coral Club is way too short I, I was on Damned Company last year but I took a double figure price that's acceptable I was definitely not diving in again when she went off the 5 to 1 fav uh, one that I like is quite unexposed. Craig Niche. He beat a nice field. Uh, was it Kempton last time? It was Kempton or Ascot. It was a, yeah. It was a right-handed track. I, I know that much. Yeah. I think he beat a River Dirty, who's shown decent yeah. form at Ascot as well this season. I think won a handicap at Weatherby. Um, Nicky Henderson also runs Alat, returning from not a failed chase campaign, but perhaps one that didn't go to plan. I can see him turning up here rather than the Marsh, since he's got Chantry House. He mm-hmm. fell at Haydock last time out, despite winning the Grade Two on his chasing debut. And he's a horse that I really like, as mentioned before. I think mm-hmm. that what race were we? We were actually previewing the Marsh, weren't we? I said that he did very well to finish fifth in the Supreme, despite not being in graded company before. So he's a horse that I like. I'm not entirely sure whether this big field will suit him, but you never know. Bear Gills is a novice, and He's always looked green in his races, every single one. But it's quite clear that he's got some sort of engine. 140 looks a nice enough mark, yeah. and a big field might help to settle him down a little bit. Uh, another one I'd like to give a mention to is Great White Shark. It could mean something. Uh, I know that I like to be over-analytical, but it could mean something that she was actually pulled out of the Quivega Mare's hurdle at Punchestown. Willie could have been saving her with this race in mind. Mm-hmm. Not entirely sure. I think she was third in last year's Martin Pipe. So she's obviously got the course form. Scrolling down further down the market, there aren't too many that catch my eye. I, I, I really like Backerson as well. I think that if he turns up here, he was an unlucky sixth in the race last year. I can't see him going off 33 to 1 like he did last year. I think he'd probably no. go off about 16s if he turned up. Mm-hmm. And N'Golo hasn't shown any form in his last two runs but I actually quite like the horse. He flashed home over two miles in November at Fairy House in the Royal Bond behind Bally Adam. I think that a step-up in trip is much needed for him. He was 9th of 9 and 13th of 13 
in the two grade ones that appreciate it one. A step up in trip is definitely needed. I, I remember speaking to someone, I think, when did he beat Malone Road? He beat Malone Road on the 23rd of September. So I was speaking to someone shortly after that, and he was just like, he'd interest me for the Ballymore or the Albert Bartlett if he ran. Mm. And I was like, I, I can't see it. I think he's more of a... I think he's more of a two-miler myself. And obviously, after that performance at Fairy House, the step-up in trip was quite obviously needed. <laughs> so it's interesting that he's in here off a handicap, uh, off a handicap mark of 142 after running two stinkers for Willie Mullins. I think that the Coral Cup is generally a race where you need a horse with a bit of class, and Angolo could be that horse. Like I said, he's beaten Malone Road, who was supposed to be a world beater despite his injuries. I'm not sure what's happening with Malone Road now. Uh, I quite liked him for someone like the County, if he was to run at Cheltenham, but I'm not entirely sure he's entered. Uh, but N'Golo is a nice each-way play for me if he runs. I've got another nice stat for you. 12 out of the last... Uh, 10 out of the last 12 winners uh, have been 12 to 1 or bigger. Oh, mm, interesting. It's, it's usually so, a favourites graveyard, isn't it? I think Damned oh, Company yeah. is one of only a yeah, few yeah, favourites to win yeah. it. No horse has ever won two of these, so it's no surprise that Dam de Company isn't running. Mm-hmm. Nine of the last 11 had previously ran at Cheltenham, points towards Bacasson, but yeah, no, no It's not had a winner older than eight since 2007, points away from Bacasson. <laughs> <laughs> point, the thing that I was saying about to, um, my horse there. It does, six years old, but yeah. unfortunately there's another stat that six of the last eight have been rated at least one for three so Ooh. that actually blows out of the water every single horse i've mentioned other than Allah and great white shark <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's 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 a tricky race for sure i i mean it's yeah. not particularly one that i liked until i backed down to company last year but it's got a nice complexion to it and if sky better offering seven places like they did last year i'll probably end up jumping in on two or three of them each way at nice prices Nice. Fair enough. So should we get some selections for this race then? Um, for me, it will be um, a, a nice each way bet on power of pause. I don't really want to commit at this stage. Well, commit you must. Well, I, I, I committed to Black Tears anti-post at 18 to 1 and she's not going now. So reluctantly, can I put up two? E- no. <laughs> nah, go, on, go on, go on. <laughs> All right, well, I'll, I'll, I think I'll put up Craig Niche purely on the fact that Nicky Henderson likes the race and he's very unexposed. And then I think that I will put up Great White Shark just because Willie Mullins will probably have at least nine winners this year. <laughs> Fair enough. Jake? Yeah, I'm following that trend of Willie Mullins, Kishari. Fair enough. So we've all put up a Mullins horse as well. Yeah, how, he's just how got mop again. Yeah. Probably. Um, Mike, we will go on to the county hurdle now, and I'm Dan Skelton ask- special. Yeah, I'm going to ask you to go first on this. All right. Well, similarly to the Coral Cup, this is a race that I just cannot work out this year. I think that I've had an anti-post bet on every single race, bar the Coral Cup, the county, and the plate. And honestly, I'm just so lost. I I, I don't even know where to begin. Skelton usually runs his best handicap plot job in this race. And he said in an interview a while back that Kadzand was his pick for it. But he ran a stinker in the Betfair hurdle. And I'm not entirely sure he'll be high enough in the weight. So third time Lucky could run here instead of the Supreme. Uh, I think that he was asked on In The Know on the Racing Post YouTube channel on Monday night. He was asked, where would you rather run? Would you rather come second in the Supreme or first in a county? He said that coming second in the Supreme is good, but it's not first, is it? He's he's a man that always wants to win. So I anticipate third time Lucky will come here, and that's why he's top of the market. Uh, going back to the Betfair hurdle angle, Kadzander ran a stinker, but I was really impressed with Edward Stone, who came third. Uh, he's only been put up two pounds for that. He was behind two unexposed, improving novices, and he's always shown pretty good form over hurdles. I think that he was just touched off in a grade two at Haydock with the ground to blame. Uh, he's not really a horse that likes heavy ground, but he overcame that adversity to win by five lengths at Market Raisin on his return after unseating on his chasing debut. So after that run, I was like, yeah, let's back in for the Betfair hurdle. He came third. I can't remember what price. I think he was 14s. 
and then once again after that run i'm like yeah do you know what he could run a nice race here i think he ran in the great wood actually at the start of this season and he didn't run too well but the shunter was a plot job if you take into account that that was his first run of the season and he was perhaps a bit unfit he ran a nice race and returning here with race fitness on his side i can see him going off a much short price than 20 to 1 he currently is available he's a very nice horse and I think that that better hurdle form will play some significance. Third time lucky for me, I think. We all know the Dan Scout and record in this race. He ran a bit of a stinker last time, but I don't think Musselboro particularly would suit him. Um, and as we know, third time lucky come. Was it fourth in the champion bumper last year? Only yeah. beaten by just something just over five lengths, maybe six, getting close to six lengths. You know all the horses that finished ahead of him, what potential they've got. He's won a couple of times this year. Um, I think he's won three times out of his five hurdle starts. Like I said, last time out was a bit of a stinker. So coming back to Cheltenham will suit him well. One of the only horses in the race is ran at Cheltenham and uh, and ran well. So um, I haven't really got much more of an opinion on this, but he's 10 to 1 with Paddy Power. He's not the favourite with Paddy Power for this. So I'll go with third time lucky. Yeah, fair enough. I think think um, he'll be in the back of the minds of quite a lot of people on the day. I, yeah. I think if you were having a bit on third time lucky, I'd suggest doing it as soon as possible because, yeah. like you said, everybody knows that Dan always has one for this. Three um, in the last six, he's won, hasn't he? Yeah. And so, Mullins yeah. has won the other three, so I don't know why yeah. I've gone for an Alan King horse. Well, <laughs> I'm similarly going to uh, leave those trainers alone. And my fancy, unsurprisingly, is the Devil's Coachman. Um, oh, I didn't expect that. Uh, yeah, I spoke about him in great detail on the Novice Hurdle episode when we previewed the Supreme. So if you missed that, I'd suggest giving it a quick listen because I did make a case for him for basically any race um, he runs. <laughs> and so he's he's also entered in the county. The county and the Supreme are his only entries. Um, but he's brilliant, brilliantly weighted here. He's under 11 stone one. Um, he's a five-year-old as well, so I genuinely think he could be a class above, but he is most certainly a grade one winner in waiting. Um, if he runs here, I think he's miles better than this mark, and he could make a mockery of the handicapper. Um, like I say, I don't really have much to add on it. Um, I did make a, a pretty long case for the Devil's Coachman last time. He's a horse I think an awful lot of, and I think a lot of people now are putting him up for the Supreme each way, non-running no bet, and even the county hurdle. So wherever he goes, he's in with a massive chance. I've looked at the race a little bit more. I've actually filtered it by odds and <laughs> not overall rating, so I can actually get an idea of what's near the top of the market and fancied. Uh, Blue Lord, he will probably go in the Supreme, but off yeah. 145. I think he's a better horse than the Devil's Coachman, personally. I think that if he were to run here, he would also blitz the field. Uh, Ganapath, he's entered for Willie Bullins. I think that he goes to the Supreme as well, and I'd probably prefer him in the Martin Pipe. I know that uh, Lewis Tomlinson's very keen on him for that. Prescheme is at the top of the market, but I don't think he'll run. He will need to win at Newbury to get a penalty to get in, will he not? I think so. I'm not I'm sure he's sure. looking at it, yeah. I think 669th in the list. He'll be doing well to get in. Uh, yeah. I actually mentioned Irascible on the pod for the Supreme, saying that he could do some damage in the county off 139. The English handicap has put him up four pounds. So he's, he might come here. He might take his chance in the Supreme and go for a place. I'm not 100% sure. I also mentioned Eclair de Bufu. Eclair de Bofu. Yeah. I'm I'm not I'm never gonna learn how to pronounce that properly, but <laughs> I think he's something like eighteen pounds lower than his chasing mark. He could run a nice race in this and I think that he's just about twenty to one. That sounds like Jason Weaver there, didn't I? Going just <laughs> uh and Tegarek is another one at a similar price that is very quirky. Uh but I backed him a couple of times. He seems to run quite well at Cheltenham he was third in the Great Wood and he beat one true king by five and a half lengths at the October meeting not sure if he'll actually turn up I think he's kicked off spite his dummy out hasn't he the last twice he's appeared on a race course <laughs> but if he comes here I, I'd give him a chance fair enough um so okay. just to sum up it'll be the devil's coachman for me but Mike I just want to address what you said about Blue Lord being a better horse than the Devil's Coachman. You're going to agree that I'm right, aren't you? No, I'm going to say that you're horrifically wrong, and Blue Lord 
Blue Lord is going to be the next melon, just an always nearly horse. I'm 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 pretty confident in that. The Devil's Coachman is a Grade One winner in waiting. Blue Lord is a Grade One multiple second uh, in waiting. So yeah, Devil's Coachman for me for this if he goes. Um, if he doesn't, I don't really have anything else. So yeah, that would be mine. Uh, Jake. Uh, third time lucky. Yeah. Mike. Not even sure he's going to run, but I might just put up Blue Lord to annoy you now. <laughs> Christ! If I tell you what, um, we'll we'll um off the pod talk about a match bet if they do go, so that will make it interesting for us. All right, I think, um, I think, I think that they're both going to go supreme personally. Um, so for that reason, I'm just going to stick up Edward Stone and Irascible each way. Yeah, fair enough. Um, what's next? Whatever you want. Uh, <laughs> should we go to the Boodles? Let's go to the Boodles. I love the Boodles. Oh, I see. I'm quite indifferent about this race. Um, some years it can be quite a good race. Others it can be really underwhelming. But mm. for this time, this year's renewal, I think uh, Droids at Altar is one for me at the prices. There's quite a lot of uncertainty at the top of the market. You don't know really who's going and who's not at this stage. But he's trained by Joseph O'Brien and he's going to be carrying roughly 10 stone 10, which I think would be a good weight for this. But I was looking into it and interestingly enough, the last six winners have actually carried 11 stone or more. So it does seem to have sort of a class edge in this. Um, so he does get in off a lowish weight, but he's got good form to his name. He's been behind Zanahir and uh, Zanahir twice and Tihupu as well, who are both obviously smart horses. Um, Droids Alter did get his head in front on his most recent start, and he beat a subsequent winner who's won from one since. Um, he has been fairly hammered in the market recently, though, but you can still get about 14 to 1 for him, which I think is, is reasonable. Uh, Mike, you love the Boodle, so take over. <laughs> well... I can tell you one thing I definitely don't love, and that's Druid's Alter. Oh, okay. Why is that, firstly? Ooh. Well, he got beaten 15 lengths by Tihupu, and you're expecting him to reverse that form, carrying £6 less. What? When was this, sorry? Enlighten me. What month? Oh, God, you're going to talk to me about progression, aren't you? No, no, no. Even better. <laughs> what month was this? January. January, when Joseph O'Brien's were widely publicised to be pretty much all of them under the weather. So oh. you can take that run with a pinch of salt. All right, I might just edit that bit out. <laughs> no, um, don't edit that out. I'm not. I'm not going to. Don't worry. I'll make. I'll make my case for Tihupu. I think that he's a very, very talented horse. Uh, I think that he would have arguably won against Yumdor anyway when Yumdor fell at the last one coming upside. I think that Druid Alter, even though he may have been under the weather, he he possibly has a bit to a bit to improve on to catch up with Tihupu. <laughs> You know that I've fancied Tihupo for a while, but now I'm slightly worried that with Gordon losing Quilixios, Tihupo might run in the triumph. Obviously, we're waiting to see what happens with Zanahir. I don't think Zanahir and Quilixios run in this race at all, so if you're looking at the weights, you can just add 10 to whatever horse you fancy. And yeah. that would make sure that Saint Sam was near the top of the weights. He's my selection for this. Um I don't think that William Mullins... And William Mullins hasn't got a great record in this race. That's a fact. But I don't think that he's going to keep bashing his head against the brick wall and running against Zanahir and Quilixios when he's been beaten multiple lengths by them every time he's ran in Ireland this season. I think that he can come here and, quotation marks, get a freebie. And then he can go back to Ireland a happy man with his multiple trophies. If it'll fit in the boot of his car. <laughs> I think he's probably going to race Yumdor here as well purely on the basis that Tritonic's going to go to the Triumph for the McNeils. Another one I'd give a mention to would be Cabot Cliffs. He's rapidly, rapidly increased this season to beat Heros Desai by upwards of 15 lengths at Warwick last time out. I really I really like the attitude that he showed there. He just galloped all the way to the line, even when he had the race zone up. Uh, Bustleton for Joseph O'Brien as well. I like, I like him. He's only had three runs, so he's entitled to a lot more progression. Again, he's been behind Zanahir and Quilixios, but he's carrying a little bit less weight than St. Sam. He could maybe reverse the form from the Dublin Racing Festival. I actually really like this race on the whole. I, I think that what you've got is graded class performers in the shape of Tihupu, Yumdor, St. Sam giving weight away to all of the progressive four-year-olds like Balco Saint. You've got Hugh Green here for Paul Nichols. He's been absolutely smashed off the boards 
I definitely would give him a chance in this. I think he was third in that Chepstow grade one, wasn't he? Yeah, he's my pick of the race, actually. Is he? Oh, I'll, let, yeah. I'll, let you, I'll let you talk about him then, because I've waffled on for far too long. <laughs> Just purely because of his French form. He's not, I'm not big in the French form myself, but looking at it quickly, his, his French form, for me, suggests he's better than the rating of 128. I always say he was beaten by, I think, about 20 lengths last time out in the grade one. But they're two of arguably the leading novices, novice hurdlers in the UK. Um, Paul Nichols got a good good um, record in this race, <clears throat> like most of the big yards. I just think he's rating a 128. It's just far too low for him. Uh, and like you said, he's been backed off the boards. He was 12 to 1 last time I looked. He's now sixes with Paddy Power. So he's been back for whatever reason. But I've seen quite a few um, bookies and articles and stuff tipping him up. So one to keep an eye on. So everyone's probably loaded up on him for that. But it's not particularly a race. I've got a strong view in myself. I never normally do. But I'll pick who who great or how you pronounce it. Just purely based on his, on his French form. I think he's a better rating than what he's got. Yeah, I think that's I think that's really fair. I think we can all agree that he's definitely in with the shout. Um, he did actually run in the, uh, like you said, the Chepstow race. And the time for that yeah. race was really good. I think each of the first three home um, are quite good horses, but obviously Nassalam's done the form no good. Um, but no, Hugri definitely does look I don't bit. think you can say he's not done the form any good. Really? Mon Morel's been... just far superior. Yeah, again, you could argue that. Um, but you, you want him to be winning, really, I think, off the form he had prior to that race. But uh, Mon, Mon Morel does look a, a really smart I one. don't think getting thumped by Mon Morel's anything to be embarrassed about. I, yeah, think that well, he, I think that if anything, he's done Gary Moore a favour by giving Nassalam 141. If he gets any closer to Monmoral, he could be getting 145. He might be out of it in this race. Yeah. Well, who agree, nonetheless, solid. So, Jake, that's your selection, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah. Mike? Uh, Tihupu, but on the basis that he probably won't run anymore, I'm going <laughs> to be with St. Sam to win. Fair enough. And mine would be Droid's Alter. Joseph's got a cracking record in the race and you'd be foolish to write one of his off. Um, so fault, then, <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> then we go on to the Martin Pipe and um, I'm just going to kick off here uh, to continue the theme of yesterday. Um, unfortunately, I'm going to have to pass on this one again. I've absolutely no idea. Yeah, I've got no idea what's running here. There's loads at the top of the bet and you've got multiple engagements. I pretty much bottled this race, so I'm going to politely decline. <laughs> but um, I do have a question for you both. Um, You're so insightful. Yeah, I am. On these handicaps, um, I'm, I'm wasted. I'm wasted as your co-host. Um, <laughs> but I've got a question for both of you here. Um, yeah. Willie Mullins trained the winner of the race in 2011, 2014 and 2015 recently. Who was his winner in 2014? You're asking me the one year I don't know. Oh, <laughs> 2011 was Sir Deschamps and 2015 was Kim yeah. Vic. I was literally looking at it earlier. It was what? 2014. Uh. I hope it wasn't Kim Vic and I've got the years wrong. No, you've you've got the years right. That is impressive, but it's just not the answer to the question. <laughs> <laughs> I was literally on a website showing all was that, was that the Thomas Trappicum second. Um. Oh, good question. I, I can't think... remember. I can't remember who won it, but I remember that. Shall I tell you who won? Yeah, go for it. The mighty legend, Don Slowly. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Yeah, Don Slowly won. <laughs> no wonder why we didn't remember. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> it's just one of them forgetful horses, isn't he? Yeah, actually. <laughs> right, so one of yous for the Martin Pipe need to drag me out of the mud here because I've oh, unfortunately bottled it. I can try my best, mate. <laughs> so I'm just going to copy Dan from the pod yesterday and oh, yeah. <laughs> gentleman to me because he just wins doesn't he i'm going through his form nothing can put me off he's just an absolutely solid bet and like dan said he's got a very similar profile to sir deschamps who won the race for him in 2011 the entirety of twitter seemed to be on wide receiver including myself at 25 to 1 any race but there's speculation over whether he even runs i mean i'll be a bit annoyed if he doesn't being on a price that nice uh whether Chicken's Town come over or not, he's 57th on the list. I could imagine he's going to sneak in just at the bottom, given how many of them above him in the entries actually have multiple entries. Um, 
Looking at the rest of them, there is one that I like at a price, a better price than six to one, that's for sure, and that's Gabby Nacko, who brings some nice graded form to the table. He's been running over inadequate trips, I would say. Uh, he was two, he ran over two miles at the Dublin Racing Festival just to get some handicap experience in him, according to Gavin Cromwell. And he's got entries in the Coral Cup and the Martin Pipe, but I believe that this is where he's heading. He's run over two miles four times over hurdles already, so he's obviously got that experience. He was beaten half a length by Esky Lane. He was beaten a nose by Fakira, and then he won a maiden hurdle by six and a half lengths. He turned up in a grade two at Navam, where he was being six and three quarter lengths by Ashdale Bob, who's my fancy for the Albert Bartlett. And Fakira was second that day as well, who's a lot of other people's fancy for the Albert Bartlett. He turned up a month later in the Lawlers of Nace, and he was beaten by Bob Ollinger, which is absolutely not shameful at all. Blue Lord was in second there, so Blue Lord runs a nice race in the Supreme. Bob Ollinger runs a nice race in the Ballymore. Gabby Nacko is certainly not going to be 25 to 1 anymore. I think he's at, yeah, he's actually already shortened. Uh, I took 22 to 1 on Monday, and now he's 16's best price. So Gabby Nacko, a lovely each way fancy in the Martin Pipe. You'd just just a side note on Gabby Nacko, you'd you'd want the yards form to improve. Yeah, Gavin Cromwell zero from 17. That's a worry. Yeah, um, but no, I can see the reasoning. I do you, do you think he is heading here? Because I've heard um, some pretty shrewd guests saying that he's probably heading up into the Coral Cup. Uh, some, someone told me, I asked, I asked them earlier, someone told me he was going to the Martin Pipe. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, no, that's, um, that's a good bet. Handicap has been okay with him as well. He's only given him £3, which seems to be the general average this year. Yeah, you just want Cromwell's horses in a, in a little bit... Um, sharper for the festival but you wouldn't yeah, put them to get them right now jake uh, um <clears throat> i like craig niche but as you mentioned earlier he's listed in any other race under the sun so who knows what he'll go for but he was an impressive winner last time out of the hurdles the grave ascot apart from that i was looking for the the card earlier for a good half an hour and i couldn't for the life of me pick one that i'd go for in this so I'm, again, I'm probably going to have to the bottle and, and go out this race. I saw one, Grumpy Charlie, for Chris Honor. He's obviously a small trainer. He's 25 to 1. He's come on leaps and bounds, that horse, and it won very well last time to, to beat a, an odds-on favourite <clears throat> after looking beaten, to be honest. But whether he goes or not, again, is another story. He was quite an expensive purchase, I believe, that horse. So it would be nice for him to have a big win <clears throat> for the smaller connections. But... Apart from that, nothing else from me, I'm afraid. I wouldn't. I don't even know what my final selection would be in this race. So I'm the only one with a selection. Yes, I think so. Yeah, wait, you're, <laughs> you're clearly the biggest balls of us three. Uh, <laughs> it's an. Uh, I, I just love a handicap. There's one horse in here that I'm absolutely not mentioning after his antics last year. Well, you I can't. Have to mention I can't that. even believe that he's in here. He's a, he's got an Irish mark of 144. Obviously, mm. you need to be max 145 to get in the Martin Pipe. The English handicapper's just given him a pound. So he's in here, again, ready to put another F next to his name. Oh, God, don't uh, say his name. I'm not saying his name, because he upset me last year. He upset everyone last year. He upset everyone last year. But for the benefit of the listeners who mightn't be... Don't! It's Column of Fire, no? Great, thanks. <laughs> yeah, Column of Fire. Cheers, um, son's crying, nice one. Imagine. Could you imagine the scenes if he wins? Well, I might just have to have a fiver on him. Just, <laughs> just a soup for blow if he does. It would be absolute chaos. And then he'd fall at the last again, wouldn't he? <laughs> um, I think, so, yeah, so we've just got the one selection for the Martin Pipe. Um, lovely and insightful from us. Um, just the last race we're going to be previewing here um, is the Potemps, and... I'll kick us off because I've literally got two lines down for this race. Um, it'll be the boss's Oscar for me. Um, I am on at much larger prices, as is everybody else. I don't have much else <laughs> to say. We love the aftertiming on this. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> aftertime central, this whole podcast. Should we it? rename but it? We we could do. We could do with a little bit of rebranding. Um, what you mean? But, <laughs> but I don't have much else to say, but this has clearly been the plan all season and it's been pretty obvious today's his gold cup and i think he will just win um so i'll swiftly hand over to anyone else hopefully nobody puts up the boss's oscar I, i'm intended on wittering for quite a bit because i quite like this race i'll uh, i'll let jake go and then i'll oh, no, you go first mate you go first 
Are you, are you going to wait as well? No, no, not at all. You forget where you are by the time I'm finished. <laughs> <laughs> so, Boss's Oscar, he was my fancy for a very long time, as well as yours. Uh, I think I'm on at 14s or 12s, I can't remember. But the English handicappers massacred him. Eight pounds, I think that's the biggest rise that he's given a horse coming over from Ireland this year. So, with that in mind, and the Elliot fiasco, my attention has very much turned to the Imperial Alcazar. Stats will say that he can't win because he won a potential qualifier. He went, I think he went up eight pounds for that. But he's a horse that I really like, and I think Fergal O'Brien thinks quite a lot of him. They were intending to put him in the stayers, uh, but I think that this is a sensible move to come here because the stayers is very competitive this year. Linwood Gold, he's been backed off the boards after finishing sixth in a qualifier, and he's got some interesting form to say the least. He's actually finished six lengths behind Princess Zoe on the flat. Um, he beat Blackpool over two miles in a maiden hurdle. I think that on his first run over three miles, it was quite shrewd placing from Jesse, Har- Jesse Harrington to make him come sixth. In that qualifier, he snuck in there. Uh, other ones at bigger prices. Honest Vic, I quite like. I think that he demolished a field uh, in a Cheltenham handicap at the start of the season, which may or may not have been the very first attempts qualifier of the year. Yes, it was. Yeah, just it look was back. Yeah, he absolutely thumped them. He made them all look bang average. I think he's a much better horse at Cheltenham than he is anywhere else. And I'd completely put a line through that jumper's bumper run. No one likes a jumper's bumper. But he, he seems to quite like Cheltenham. He came fifth in last year's Coral Cup at 33-1 to 1 under Richard Johnson. And I think he's quite overpriced in this. Uh, you can actually get 33-1 to 1 with 365. Um, it's as short as 16s with Fair and Paddy Valb. Honest Vic is one I'd give a mention to. Another one that loves Cheltenham is Spirit of the Games, who's been banging his head against the wall in all of these big chases. I, I don't think he's had a win for the last three seasons. His last win was October 2018. He's been banging his head in all of these chase handicaps and I think that Skelton might have spotted a nice opportunity for him to come and win at Cheltenham for once. He's diverted him back to hurdles. He qualified in the Chepstow qualifier and only went up £2 for that second place. Of a mark of 141, which is £4 lower than his chase mark. He's well entitled to run well in this. Um, The last one I will mention, if I can actually find him, it's her it's her sorry 33 to 1 mrs milner uh, i put her up as a my best each way bet on the thursday when asked the question in a previous podcast i actually really like mrs milner if you go through her form she's she's got bundles of good form she was fourth in the potential qualifier at leopardstown which is notorious for throwing up the winner of this and before that she was second only beating a neck bite on the blind side receiving 15 pounds from a horse who's gone on to do quite good things this season including win at Market Raisin and second to McFabulous at Kempton. She fell last time out, which is a concern, but I think that Connections opted to run her in that race because it would have been easier for her to get her mark up to qualify her into the Potemps um, rather than the three-mile William Fry handicap, which was obviously very competitive. She gets in here anyway. I think she's 21st in the list, um, so obviously not many people are not many horses that are qualified, I should say. Not many horses that are qualified have opted to take up their entry. And I think that at the bottom of the weights, she could have something to say with that Cheltenham form from earlier in the season. That's me done. Sorry, Jake. I should have gone first, because you mentioned two of mine in there. I apologise. Who didn't he mention there? Let's go on <laughs> Mentioned the old race, but... Anyway, yeah, Honest Vic. It's 25s again when I looked. It's now 16s, like you said. Always leave his best form for Cheltenham, absolutely stuffed the field in October. Um, <clears throat> I think he finished fifth in the uh, Coral Cup last year, didn't he? Yeah, <clears throat> off £10 lower. Yeah. Did you mention Spirit of the Games? Yeah, I, I mentioned yeah, half the field, yeah. didn't I? Yeah, Spirit of the Games as well. Keeps chasing, hurdling, chasing, hurdling all the time. He's, he's done quite a bit of chasing recently. He's got decent form. At Charlton, we finished fifth in 2018, third in 2019, sixth in 2020. Um, was probably a bit unlucky last time out. Um, didn't particularly have a, the best of rides in that race anyway. Um, and then finished second at Chepstow last time. The big price at 20s. Again, been backed again. So I'd go Spirit in the games each way as my main pick for the race. But I'd, I'd probably keep an eye on Honest Vic as well, getting closer to the time. If they pay multiple places, you can back them both yeah 
the irony of playing six paying six places in this would be very funny, I think. <laughs> You'd have be cheering your horse on for coming six, wouldn't you? Yeah, for the decent <laughs> enough price. I wouldn't be cheering the bosses Oscar on for six, mind. Yeah. Let's 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 just remind uh remind the punters, remind the jockeys and the trainers, this is the Potemps Network final. It's not a yeah. qualifier. <laughs> just it's got Potemps in the name. You wanna be trying to win this one, lads. Your right, selection, so Harry? My selection, um pretty boring, but the boss is Oscar. Jake said Spirit of the Games, didn't he? So I will go with I'm gonna go with Imperial Alcazathwin and Mrs. Milner each way. Nice. Um I'm just gonna just gonna spring something on you boys here. Just before we finish, um I've not just for the benefit of the listeners, I've not spoke to Mike or Jake about this, so it's literally gonna be pretty much off the cuff. But I'm yeah. interested. I want your map of the festival, your next yeah. best of the festival, and your and your absolute lay of the festival, or horse who cannot win. But the lay has to be ten to one or lower, obviously. Yeah. <clears throat> Jake, if you want to kick us off. Nap next best and lay. Uh, let me have a think quick one sec. I'd put, I'm torn between two for my nap, but I'll oh, go right. with Paisley Park and the stairs. Although you've got time early now, I just think Paisley Park does what it says in the tin and he stays. Obviously, yeah. he won the race not the year before, uh, year before last. I just think uh, he's not being overlooked, but a lot of people have, have, are fancying time hill to do him, but I don't think he will at Cheltenham. So Paisley Park would be my nap. Next best. I quite like Imperial Aura in the... Is it the Ryanair that he's going for? It is, yeah. We had David Bass on our two from home preview, and he's very keen of Imperial Aura and the Ryanair. Well, he was keen on first flow as well in the Champion Chase. They're always keen on their rides, aren't they? But I think <laughs> Imperial Aura is my next best would be that one. Um, a Malay. What would be my lay of the festival be? Come back, can you come back to me on that one? Yeah, we'll come Malay. Back. Come back to me on Malay, and I'll... I like to have one. Well, I know you're just going to pressure me to come up with a nap. And <laughs> well, I, d- I wanted to put the pressure on, see how you think under pressure. I'm going to look stupid now when I put up a nap that's under odds. Go on. Odds, odds on. Why do I invent new terms on this? Under, <laughs> an argument. What was it the other day? Just, it was, what was it about the ground? Good. Super good ground, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, an argument without Shishkin, four to six. Yeah, that's can, very solid. You could probably just lob it in a treble with Monkfish and then Violin, get yourself a nice prize. Nice. Yeah. Next best. Next best. Monkfish. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't want to keep... Two odds on shots. Listen, <laughs> give me a price range and I'll give you a horse. The next best has got to be over three to one. Three to one? Oh, yeah. what can... Jake's, Jake's next best was over three to one and considerably over. His nap was over three to one. Well, it was bang on three to one, wasn't bang it? Bang on three to one. To one. I think that you've places. given up a four to five and you've tried putting up an eight to eleven, so you can <laughs> you get. Hey, well, I'm I'm gonna push the boat out then. Well, you say yours and then I'll come back to you with an absolute worldie that you'll be like, whoa, I can't believe I didn't think of that. Right, so you want my nap next best and lay. Um, my nap of the whole meeting. Um is Anugmin and not without Shishkin. I think he wins. Um, he's about five to two, isn't he? Um, maybe a little bit. Yeah. Shishkin, I really, I do like him. I like him a lot. Um, but I think Anugmin could just be a better animal. I know that's quite controversial because Shishkin had set the world alight over fences. You've but got me rolling my eyes here. I'm glad you can't see me. I'm, I'm glad too, mate. It's not something I want to see. Um, but and no, Anergamine is an absolute star, and I think on in the article he he's gonna he's gonna chew him up and spit him out. Like I said, um, that's a quote from the uh, very first episode, I think. Um, but yeah, no, Anergamine would be my nap. My next best would be uh, Bob Ollinger in the Ballymore. It's about seven to two, I yeah. think. I think pretty much everyone fancies Bob Hollinger. Um, but uh, I think most people are also on at bigger prices as well. But Bob Hollinger would definitely be my next best. Uh, mm-hmm. Versatile, ground, trip, pace. It doesn't really matter. Really uncomplicated ride with bags of class would be my next best. And my lay um, wouldn't be Shishkin because you'd be a brave man to lay Shishkin, I think. Um, 
my lay would i've already said i'd lay brave man's game in the ballymore but i'm not going to say that again just for just for um differentiation i'd lay unfortunately jake paisley park um (laughs) yeah um i'm a big storyteller fan and i think i i just think there's a lot more you can take him on with this year um obviously underwhelmed last year but he did have excuses for that and the year before i don't think it was the greatest of races um I think at the prices, I'd I'd be happy to lay them at about four or five to one. Um, so Jake, if you wanna if you wanna hit me up, I'll I'll give you a half decent price on Paisley Park. <laughs> a storyteller. Don't, don't take story him up on it. Help. He still owes me ten to one on Mahatha for the Sussex. Oh, All right. Let's not let's not get into Mahatha. He had no right to win, and I already paid out hundreds of quid. You let me off. And I let I'll, you off because I'm I'll kind, be, but I'll be ever grateful. Ladbrokes would have paid out. So you boys yet to give me a lay, aren't you? I'm yet to give you a next best, lad, but next I've best. I've found one. Cool. Next the best. Clo- the closer we get to the festival, the more I look at this horse and think, why are you that price? I, I'm feeling this the way about this horse that I felt for Magna Grecia winning the guineas. I was just like, plow, plow, plow. You can't lose this. And the more I look at the Ultima, the more I think that I write at 20 to 1. Is probably going to be my bet of a festival. Oof. Yeah, I couldn't put you off him. I mean, you tried, didn't you? You put up Lieutenant Rocco. Yeah, no, but I, I've also backed I right. I think he's um he's massively overpriced. Before that, or after my case? Um, I think I put up Lieutenant Rocco before, and then I did. I did agree. I did agree with you, and I think Dan also gave I right a, a squeak each way as well. He, yeah. he is massively overpriced. That's a solid next best. Just um, wins. Jake, we'll come to you for the lay, and we'll go back to Mike. Brave man's game. I'm going for it. Oh, you, you, you love Original. I'm, I'm a massive Bob Ollinger, Bob, Bob, fucking, I can't put my teeth back in. Bob Ollinger fan. Uh, you, you just, you've got to question what Brave Man Games beating really, egg and spoon races, and I think he's a prize he is because of the comments Paul Nichols is saying. Mm-hmm. Next, next, then money, that and the other, so. I mean, I've heard reports that he's flying at home, and um, we had Lorcan Williams on as well, and he said he's phenomenal at home. But I don't know. I just yeah. think there was a chase, to be honest, and I don't, I can't see him beating Bob, beating uh, Bob Bollinger in this. There's no, this nice so stat about the Chalo as well in there. Yeah. Can't remember yeah. The last time a Chalo. I totally agree, mate. I um, in a previous episode, someone asked me for a nap and next best, and I said uh, Bob Ollinger. No, nap and lay. Sorry, and I'd lay a brave man's game in the same race. I'm. I think me and you are the only people in the world who think that shallow form is utterly rubbish. Yeah. Um, oh no, improve, it is. Yeah, he has to improve a hell of a lot to get near anywhere near the Irish horses. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Bob. Bob just looks a shoe in in this race, doesn't he? Mike, yeah. you've got a lay for us. Yeah, uh, I am going to say Kill Crow. Simply based on the fact that Mullins isn't going to win it with a 13 to 8 shot. He's going to win it with a 16 to 1 shot. Not Sir Gerhard. Well, he'll win it with Sir Gerhard, actually, won't he? Yeah. I I forgot the Sir Gerhard move. Yeah, but I'm, I'm, I'm not putting up Kilcrow. I think that Patrick will be in front and Paul will just sail past him like last year, give him a cheeky wave like Jamie Spencer on Sarisco in the Irish Oaks. <laughs> and Willie Mullins has his 11th bumper winner. Uh, but I think that wraps up all that we've got time for today. So I'd just like to say thanks to Jake for coming and joining us. Thank you for having me on, lads. Not a problem. You can follow Jake at JakeRuss1000 on Twitter. I'll be sure to put his at in the description anyway. Harry, have you got anything you'd like to say um no just just another shameless plug really I, I do watch the two from home uh videos and listen to the podcast as well and jake mentioned he had uh david bass on um they're all yeah. definitely worth a listen so if you want to also go follow the two from home page there's some great content on there and i think at the moment you've got um you're raising money for the injured jockeys fund as well do you want to tell us a little yeah. bit about that yeah it's got a really raising a bit of money for injured jockey fund we've got a couple of nice prizes lined up um if you go onto the two from home twitter page our pinned tweet has got the just given where you you 
donate the money to. And there's a little a picture below where you have to follow the rules to basically be in with a chance of winning a couple of prizes. We've got various stable visits. We've got some um, nice breaches that Daryl Jacobs signed after winning on Concertista last year. A couple of caps, uh, paintings from Caroline Cook and stuff like that. So just check it out. Yeah, well, hopefully we can raise plenty of money for the cause. Yeah, really good cause. Echo that. Um, I urge anyone listening, if they can, obviously to try and donate. Um, yeah. But yeah. But yeah, cheers for cheers for coming on, mate. It's been a pleasure having you. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Thank I'll, you. I'll pop the two from Helmat in the description as well. And yeah, I think cheers. that we'll probably leave the pods for a while. We've perhaps overworked ourselves the last week or two. Uh, we'll <laughs> probably be back for a Cheltenham review. Not sure who we're going to get on as of yet. But uh, either way, we'll be back. And I hope you've enjoyed listening to the six or seven hours worth of Cheltenham previews from myself, Harry, and our guests.